tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. You're listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. All right, welcome in. Friday edition of Rabot and Co. We got you through the week here into the holiday weekend here on ESPN 680. 1057. Good morning, Louis Rabot. James Black hanging out with you for the next two hours. Bobby V. Fast break Friday after us. And of course, roundtable three o'clock today here on ESPN Louisville. Go local seven to six every single weekday. Thanks for making us part of your Friday. Obviously, reacting to the game last night. We'll get into some sound. And, and there's only a certain number of ways that we can even go with these with these segments, with these shows. At some point, you're saying the same things over and over again. I got to the point this morning putting together the opening and, and, and what I wanted to talk about. And, and I went back to two Mondays ago and just stole some notes from that. <laughs> and I had a moment this morning, dear listener... Of, of thinking, if they don't make the move this weekend, do I ever talk about Louisville basketball again? Do I just move on? Because at some point, as they point out, over and over, that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And I think we're at that point with Kenny Payne. And I want to start with where the rivalry is. 437 is our UPS Jobs text line. I want to start big picture where the rivalry is. And Jay's Black hanging out with me today, which I appreciate. Zach Cantrell doing the Ohio thing for a couple days. Do you think Zach's out of bed yet? I think that's the number one question. There's no chance, right? I do not even care. <laughs> He's not here, so. He's not here. Jay's Black's lived in this town uh, for, for four decades. And I would love sort of the feedback from people like him. Four three seven nine six eighty. Is this still a rivalry on the basketball side? We see it on the football side. Those games are contentious. Those games are interesting. And this game last night was interesting until the under four timeout in the first half. <laughs> like 5% of me got excited that we might actually have a basketball game. That there might be something interesting to watch last night. And simply put, we didn't get that. And I want to remind people what the lead-up to the game was last night. Did we talk X's and O's? Did we talk position matchups? The running joke was about BHH, and the guy actually scored a bunch. (laughs) 
he actually looked like he knew what the hell he was doing. But those kinds of texts were getting getting you blocked on other shows on this station for good reason. BHH did go for 16 and 11. Good for him. And I've seen, you know, just a lot of the lead up as far as X's and O's about the matchups, about the coaching styles. We didn't get any of that. Not a single part of it. James Strebel took the day off to take his kid out for his birthday. <laughs> That's what he thinks of the rivalry. It's James has young daughters, so he'll appreciate this. I have a six-year-old daughter. She'll be seven next month. I can't believe it. And there are a bunch of Disney movies that have have this ending where you watch the movie and it's this whole thing and there's and there's fake drama and things that would never happen and that's that's you know it's great. But you know what's going to happen at the end. There's going to be a coronation of someone who does something bad during the movie and then they get the coronation at the end anyway. And that's what happened yesterday. It was bad for like four or five minutes, and then Kentucky played well for 10 minutes yesterday. 10 minutes! They were up 20 at half, and that was it. That's all they needed. And it felt like a Disney movie. It felt like, oh, the, 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 the team over here, oh, they're trying so hard. Oh, this person. And I just, that's what it was. We didn't talk X's and O's going into this. It was a kid's birthday party Disney coronation yesterday. that's where we are with the rivalry. And then we get to the post game and James, if you could be on the sound for me here. And we get what we've had over and over in this conversation. And something happened last week that was actually interesting. So all of, all of us, by the way, are, are, are shaped by our experiences with other people. And when people call us on our BS, We can react to it in in different ways. We can immediately correct it. Usually not, but we can try to immediately correct it. If we get called on our BS, maybe by our our spouse or by someone we work with, something like that. We can dig in and say that that's not what's going on, right? Or we could just ignore it altogether. So C.L. Brown was on this air on the V Show last week. And young Zach Cantrell, an intrepid journalist that he is, says, hey, Y'all did a podcast. You talked about how tough the non-conference schedule was and how it did no favors for Kenny Payne and this Louisville team. And he asked KP's or he asked uh, CL Brown. He said, "Well, that's not true. A bunch of these teams are absolute bums. I think I think Coppin State's the second to worst team in the net right now." He said, "It's just not true about the same." And CL was so caught off. And by the way, Zach is Zach. So that style is its own thing. It's going to come across (laughs) in the Zach way. But CL was so caught off guard by it that he, he did the uncomfortable laugh. And he said, thank you for listening to the podcast. He was buying himself a solid eight to 10 seconds to kind of recapture his balance after being staggered by a jab. And if you think that didn't affect him, that that wasn't something that he thought about later in that day, then you're assuming CL Brown isn't human. Of course he thought about it. So the next opportunity for us to hear him in public with, with Kenny Payne was yesterday. And he asked him a question about using UK as a measuring stick. I think this is number one here, right? And so I, I want everyone to hear this through this lens. CL Brown 
did a podcast with Mike DeCourcy where they said that the non-conference schedule was too difficult. In a season where they lost to a Division II team and got handled by Arkansas State at home. Needed overtime against a team with four players on the court who scored a three-pointer with four players on the court. CL's kind of dug in as a KP guy, but he doesn't want to be known for having a bias, and I understand why he wouldn't want that. So he tries to ask this question last night, and frankly, he's trying to do a softball question. This is lofting up the ball in the air so that you can hit it as hard as you possibly want. And here's that question for Kenny Payne. Cal, um, obviously I'm over here in the, yeah, obviously you have your own team to coach and are very involved. (laughs) Let's try the KP one. I'm sorry. Uh, Not Cal one, KP one. I'm sorry about that. Uh, So this is on the transfer portal. uh, Cal just said he felt like uh, you're basically a year away from having this program where you would want it. How how close do you feel like you are if you were using Kentucky in their roster right now as kind of a measuring stick? If if I'm using Kentucky as a measuring stick, I mean, did you see all those All-Americans out there? Um, the first thing I'll say Hi, is... Hi, James, that's good. Did you see all those All-Americans out there? And, and, and I, the, the indignation from fans is totally understandable. The idea that you coach at the Yum Center, you look around that building, you have those facilities, you have that fan base, you look up in the rafters... You lecture a fan base for an entire summer about needing to know the history of the program, and then someone says, hey, how about getting some good players in here? And your answer is, I, I, uh-uh. Uh-huh. I, I, really? Kentucky? Yes, Kentucky. Serious question for anyone listening. Is that an okay answer? Here at Louisville, the answer is, of course, no. At how many programs would that be an okay answer? Not at Purdue, not at Kansas, not at Houston, not at Arizona, not at UConn, not at Marquette, not at Oklahoma. Not at Tennessee. Not at Baylor. That little Baptist college in Texas. (laughs) Not at UNC for sure. Not at Florida Atlantic in Boca Raton. Dusty might talk about having to do it a different way. But if someone was like, hey, you want to be on Kentucky's level after going to the Final Four? He'd say yes. And here's how. Literally, CL offered him a question where he said, yep, that's what we're building for. You'll see it next year. He offered him a question where he could answer in the affirmative and say, we're going to do that next year. And he couldn't even do that. And I think the, the consternation, the indignation, the, the anger around that answer is completely valid. And I also understand why you would never want someone with that mentality to lead your men's basketball program. Ever. Ever. It's the wrong mentality. There is no taking out of context here. This isn't being tricked by the zone. You could say that one was taken out of context. I don't. I don't think it was taken out of context at all. I I really think Kenny Payne thought he got tricked by Mike Woodson earlier this year. And then yesterday, C.L. Brown tries to offer him a, hey, your rival across, across the court there. Down the same sideline, the guy that used to be your mentor, who taught you all of these things. Can you do what he does? Can you do it at that level? And the answer should have been, of course we can. This is Louisville. Of course we can. This is Louisville. 
Do you think if they asked that to the BYU coach or at Gonzaga in Spokane, frickin' Washington? No. He told you loud and clear in plain English, no, we cannot compete at the level that UK is at. Okay, great. Then we will find someone who thinks they can should be the response to that. Immediately. As immediate as possible. You know, we had Bologna or Slami this week, and, and, and Zach asked if I thought KP would be the coach next Wednesday. <laughs> I, it's been a minute, but I haven't been around an organization like the L athletic program in a long time where it is tight-lipped, and I, I really cannot figure out whether it's the sentiment of people that I work with here that I'm going to be working extra this weekend taking phone calls, talking to fans, and that's what they want? Or... If this is a true Jurish disciple and he's going to let this guy try to work it out. Craig Thorpe is a is a living, breathing, last 20 years example at this school across the street. And the guy who learned who learned from Tom Jurich is, is heading the athletic department now. What does that decision making process look like for Josh Hurd? I don't know. But if it looks like anything that was done with Tom Jurich, then that guy's going to be here for a while. I think people need to get ready. But a reminder of where this rivalry is. It was a party. It was a party. We did not talk X's and O's. We did not talk matchups. We did not talk scheme. The only scheme talk I thought was, you know, that I saw, excuse me, was a joke on the text line about playing zone. (laughs) Another trick. Oh, Cal tricked him. But even Cal won't play zone, even if <laughs> even if even if they would have won 120 yesterday. And by the way, the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show last night. My guy Gandolfo, who I love, just had a birthday. Visited on his birthday. Nice little gift card to his favorite restaurant. You know how it goes. You do those things for friends. My man came on and complained about how UK played last night. And I get it. The standards. That's how different the standards are, right? That's how different the standards are. Kenny Payne on his on his platform is talking about how we're never oh oh we we could never compete with UK that way. And on the UK post game show, they're talking about thank God this happened in game ten, <laughs> not in game thirty. But do you know why they played like crap last night? Because they played a team. What is the best comparison here? You ever play? You ever get really good at a video game, or get really good at? You know, sort of a, a board game, a card game, something like that. And then you play someone who doesn't know the game at all. And they just, they act super, super sporadic. And you can't keep up. And you're like, wait, what? You play chess against someone and they just start, you know, they bring the queen out early. They're not using their pawns properly in the normal sort of traditional way that you play chess. Whatever that looks like. And they catch you off guard. It takes you a while to catch back up. That's what happened yesterday. There's no organization by U of L yesterday. There was no defensive scheme. And when you're used to playing against players that are actually disciplined, that actually play a scheme, and then you play junkyard ball, that's what happens. Yesterday was junkyard ball, and Kentucky still scored 95 points. They still did. <laughs> that's all I know how to tell you. We'll get into some more, some more stuff uh, in a minute. This is Rabo and Co. ESPN 680-1057. Louis Rabo, hanging out with you. I got you till noon. Please keep the text coming, 437-9680, on the UPS Jobs text line. 
Uh, Texture, it was uh, honestly insane to me how the Louisville players just gave up. They knew they were basically playing for their coach's job and they were uh, catatonic after UK got their first lead. That sounds right. And please continue to send words like catatonic on the text line. <laughs> Texture, it's not CL's job to be a KP guy and give softball questions. Could not agree more. Could not agree more. But once you've dug in on that kind of thing, it's hard to quit. And I think he would. that's a legitimate question, by the way. How long should fans wait for you to look like the team that just kicked the bleep out of you? Well, forever. Was the answer yesterday? Forever. Taxter, 2023 National Championship Connecticut coach Danny Hurley after his team's lost to Seton Hall on Wednesday, quote, really just stunned how unprepared I had these guys for a tough physical conference game. That's accountability. You don't have to even go to UConn. And that's a great text, by the way. Appreciate the texter. Because you're right. Danny Hurley's a championship coach. That's a championship answer. Do you know where you hear those kinds of answers? Across the street at the football stadium. Jeff Brown does that all the time. On the same campus, you have two dudes doing very different things. They're very different things. Uh, Texture, what is the part of this that I can read? Uh, please stop talking about this. It's painful. Uh, Texture, he essentially said they can't compete. That's right. Texture, we need a basketball coach uh, like Coach Sig has been for IU football. I win. Google me. Say what you want about that, bro. That guy, whatever he's doing at IU. But he has come in with a gun in each hand, and he's blazing, James. He is just absolutely blazing on IU football. We can't even get that kind of conversation about U of L basketball. Ten Final Fours, three titles. We can't even get the talk. Texture, all caps. Why did they stop feeding BHH? Maybe we were up by more than one. I, look, you're asking about you're asking about Kenny Payne's approach to the game. I cannot help you with that because I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I have watched a lot of basketball. I simply don't know uh, what the approach is. Texter, uh, Kentucky isn't, he should have said, Kentucky isn't our measuring stick. The history and high standards we hold this program to is our own measuring stick. I'm going to get players and strive to be great again. What we did today is not acceptable. Texter asking if we're taking calls. James, you okay taking calls? No? Okay. <laughs> we're not taking calls. No, it's just show. Okay. All right. Okay. Fair enough. It's tech issues, man. That's an acceptable answer. I will have us back up to the Louisville basketball standard next season. I understand that losing by 20 to our rival is not an acceptable standard. That's that's what I would have said. Texture Godolfo is wild. He can never just enjoy a W in basketball. Look, man, that's that's how you know there's a program with standards. That's how you know. We talk I talk about Ohio State football a lot for that reason. They think Ryan Day's a bum. The guy's like 55 and 6. The 6 are really bad to the fan base, though. Right? That's the point. And that's Gandolfo telling on himself, by the way. He's not a Cal fan, but this year he is. And that's okay. That's an okay thing for him to want to think. Because Cal's doing a good job with this team. Yesterday was a junkyard game. They got out of town with the win. Their fans got a party down at the Um Center, etc. They got what they wanted. Texter, Kentucky was clearly pulling punches. Cal called off the dogs once they went up like 30 or whatever. Every time it got down to like 15, they pushed it back to like 24 and eased off again. I won't argue with that, you know, on that. I, I, I was watching last night and, and I, you know, I saw like a Sofro tweet or something about that. And I just, I remember thinking, oh, there goes Sofro again. And then I would watch and I thought, man, <laughs> man, <laughs> maybe, maybe. 
Texter, can he never change his demeanor? He's very catatonic. Um, oh, catatonic. There it is. Uh, he just stared off into the distance. Some guys run a set, do something. Uh, a catatonic catastrophe. Thank you so much for being part of the show. Texter, did you see the other day when the Notre Dame coach took the blame and said things are unacceptable? KP should have taken notes on how to handle the situation. I, I just... You can look around and find these examples all over the country. Shrewsbury up at Notre Dame is a really good example, and that's from this week. Right? And, and Notre Dame's not going to be good this year. Let's be clear. That's Louisville's next best chance for a win this season is playing Notre Dame. But even Shrewsbury, who gets up and knows that his his best chance to win a game is Louisville, is taking accountability for these things. And, and just, I, I, I'm with, the, I think there was an opportunity last night with CL offering that kind of question, with KP being able to talk about this rivalry the way that he wanted. And he doubled down on them just not being able to catch up. He doubled down on it, man. That's brutal. It's just it's just absolutely brutal. Texter, KP's approach to the game is go. That's all he says. <laughs> I do wish I could just sit right there. Um, oh, here we go. A little, little horse racing here. All right. Uh, Merry Christmas, Louie, and here is my Christmas present for you. Uh, tomorrow's seventh race, Baby No Worries, at Turfway Park. How about that? Love that. We will have Kevin Kilroy, by the way, uh, in about 20 minutes. He'll be calling in from New Orleans ahead of uh, the Gunrunner, the uh, Derby Prep there uh, tomorrow. Hey, Texter, hey, Louie, you're doing a great job. You should take over the station soon. <laughs> James just looked at me. James and I have the same exact feeling about that. No. <laughs> Texter, still upset with my wife uh, this morning after she made me watch uh, the second half of that game last night. <laughs> You could have been a UK fan last night, got, like, watched that first half, had a beer, gone to bed. 100%. Been like, okay, we're good. <laughs> we don't, we still, we're still good. Uh, yeah, we're good. It, it's, but, again, we didn't talk X's and O's. We didn't talk matchups. We didn't talk coaching styles before that game. Gandolfo, to his credit, last night talked about how this game used to be, you know, two days of conversations with your coworkers and being nervous about the game. And the day of the game, like, hard to concentrate at work. It's not like that anymore. Now it's planning birthday parties and going out to dinner. That's what this game is now. Uh, one more text. We'll get to a break here. Texter, I'm not a Cal fan either, unless this is a new leaf he's turned over on offensive philosophy. It's all I've wanted for seven years. Dude, I, I think you are not alone in that, in that take at all, and I think it's also a reasonable one. I, I think, you know, before the season, I said to Dan, if I'm a Kentucky fan, what I would want is for Cal to just go get the best guys and try to figure it out. That's when he's had his best success. And he's back to doing some of that this year. I think I think it was Dykes on the um on the broadcast who, last night who said he's back on top of his coaching. And while you know, this is the freaking frack show here, <laughs> the ten o'clock hour uh on ESPN six eighty, uh, he was right. Cal's Cal has make has coached this team differently than he's coached the last couple of years. And whatever level of micromanaging was going on the last couple of years, there's at least less of it this year. I think a lot less, frankly. But when they play UNC, when they play those other high-level teams, and they are organized and they're and they are organized within the boundaries of what they should do, but they're able to be free in their play. They're not looking over their shoulder. But last night, I mean, Bradshaw, Wagner, they're not great. I mean, he just got Dillingham and, Re- and 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 Shepard ready to go. And and that that Edwards story that storyline is an interesting one to watch here because he's he he made some nicer plays in the second half got his numbers back up um, got into Tyler Johnson's head a little bit <laughs> he's kind of things text 
Oh, yes. Oh, the Beth Haven tax. There it is. Let's go. Let's go. Man, oh, man. Tax driver. I'm a Kentucky fan. What's happening at Louisville is not acceptable. Ooh, cough time. What's happening at Louisville is, unex- is, is uh, not acceptable. Kentucky fans are not happy because this rivalry used to mean something. Honestly, I'm concerned that Louisville will fall into the Indiana abyss and become catatonic. You, you MFs, I love you. Uh, what I mean is, uh, you, I, India used to be a great, um, used to be great, and now they are they're almost barely breathing. I, uh, we don't want that for Louisville, even as your in-state rival, because that means the rivalry goes away and sinks into obscurity. Look, man, I, I think. I think they're closer to that than anyone around here wants to acknowledge. Like the, 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 the Nebraska football comparison or IU basketball with their last Final Four coming over 20 years ago, et cetera, et cetera. Like this is a, you know, it's a code red right now across the street. It is. It's just code red. And, and I'm not sure that they understand how bad it is. How can they not? What am I saying? How can they not? I hope they understand how bad it is. First hour of our show, though, is presented by Kentucky Tourism at KentuckyTourism.com. You can check them out on their socials on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, We also need to talk about who's on first take today because this is a massive upgrade. Uh, Not sure who it is, but we'll talk about it in a minute. Uh, On the other end here, ESPN 680-1057. Looking for a rewarding career? One that empowers you to serve your community, change lives, and reach your fullest potential? Become a correctional officer for the Kentucky Department of Corrections and earn up to $28.30 an hour with great benefits. Help create a better, safer Kentucky. Apply today for a correctional officer position in your community at careers.ky.gov. That's careers.ky.gov. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Looking for extra cash this holiday season? You can make competitive pay as a day shift warehouse worker at UPS Worldport right here in Louisville. Learn more and apply today at upsjobsky.com. That's upsjobsky.com. You are listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. All right, get back in here. 10 o'clock hour on a Friday. Got you to a noon. Uh, Bobby V after me. And then, of course, Roundtable. Got the mixtape today, 530 here on ESPN 680-1057. Kevin Kilroy in about 15 minutes uh, here chatting uh, those derby preps, Oaks preps down there at the fairgrounds uh, this weekend in New Orleans. Uh, get you a... Uh, your, your fix on the on the old horse racing. Had to move Kevin's schedule around a little bit, so he's going to be a little earlier than usual. Want to keep the text going, though. Uh, that is the co-part of Rabo and Co. 437-9680. Keep those contributions coming here on the text line. Uh, texter Cal tried to do the old guy roster, and it's just not him. Give him talented-ass freshman and let him work. I think that's totally right. At, at least is my approach to Kentucky basketball at this point. You're not going to be able to move on from Calipari, right? We talked about that last year um, with you know the go-to-Texas signs and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> You're not moving on from Cal. He knows the job he's got because he knows he can put this kind of team together year to year, right? So you're going to have that. I agree with the texture is that uh, just keep building the team uh, that way. Texture, the problem may not be KP, but it falls on his shoulders. The main problem is the staff that he brought in. Nolan was a good hire. Milton Danny are not. Uh, uh, Danny did the exact same thing at Tulsa that KP is doing at Louisville, being his first job. He needed help from his staff, not his friends. You know, the interesting thing is when he hired Danny, 
Manning, I was actually filling in for Bob at the time about a year and a half ago. And I remember thinking, this makes sense if Manning's going to help him do the day-to-day head coaching stuff. Because one of the things that happens, of course, when you hire a coach is, especially when you elevate them from an assistance role to the to the, to the head coach role, is they, they lose the the time and the ability to concentrate on what it is that they that elevated them to that job, right? So the big man whisperer thing with Kenny is what we heard for years, right? And we hear it from guys in the NBA. Lots of evidence of it being true, by the way, right? And BHH, I mean, whatever. Bob called him, you know, uh, you know the project that he is. If we want to give Payne credit for that, fine. Uh, that's fine. The team still sucks, right? <laughs> but we can give him credit for that. And I remember thinking at the time and saying on this on this air that the Manning hire might be a good one. Because if he can help with the day-to-day stuff, the travel, the, the, the scheduling, the planning, when do you have practices, when do guys get days off, what, what's the best way to be on the road recruiting and maximize that? And then you hear the stories yesterday from Brendan Quinn, they're not even doing it. No one's out and about. Ty Spalding calls at the end of the 9 o'clock hour on Diener. It's, they didn't even go to St. X for a recruiting event. Cal's there with 30 guys. I just This kind of stuff. Right, over and over and over again. And that's really where uh, it seems to fall off for people. Uh, Texter, please name one coach better than Scotty Davenport that could possibly take over midseason. Uh, I, well, Scotty, I don't think, number one, it's... I understand the, the desire on the fan end for, for Davenport to make the move from the Highlands to Old Louisville to coach this team. I do. I get it. It's also wildly insensitive to what's going on at Bellarmine. The fact that that guy dragged them from D2 to D1, won a title in D2, uh, won his conference tournament, even though he's not allowed to participate in the postseason, which not even allowing them in the NIT, of course, is ridiculous. I, I, I think it's not fair. The time to have done that actually was at the end of last season when we talked about it on this show. Doug Davenport's already named the coach in, in waiting. Get rid of Danning Manning, bring in Scott Davenport, let him be the number one. Because I don't think the team looks like this at all if he's there in any kind of capacity. I agree with the texture about that part. But the time to do that was last spring, and, and now is not the time for that uh, as well. Texture, they understand how bad it is, but they sure don't know uh, what – I'm not sure they know what to do about it. It might be. I, look, I'm not saying this is an easy situation, by the way. I was driving in. <laughs> yeah, I got about a 20, 25-minute drive uh, to the studio uh, when I come in, and I do a fair amount of rehearsal. Right, so I, I prep the show at home, and then I I get you know parts of my morning you know monologue out in the car, and and I remember I got about five minutes into my ride this morning, I started laughing at myself because I was, I was like, that's an eight million dollar decision, that's a five million dollar decision, at least kinds of things. <laughs> oh, what you do at work today? Oh, I told people how to spend eight million dollars. You know, I, I and so that part I, I get it. I get that you know I, I'm simply you know certainly no expert on, on that kind of stuff. But at the same time, man, I, I obviously see the same things uh, that everyone texting in uh, does as well. Um, oh, man, I just lost it. There it is. Uh, texture. Um, I just don't believe UK fans that say they want L to be good. It's blasphemy for people born and raised in this rivalry. I'm discovering that, by the way, that there are different phases of rivalry with this area. So I, I brought up with Ben a week and a half ago, Ben Roberts from the Herald Leader, that I wondered if there wasn't a generational difference between who the rivals are for UK and who they are for younger people, right? And so where Louisville really matters to younger people and to this texture, which is fine, of course. Man, when Dan was coming up, it was Tennessee and UNC. 
those were the teams that he hated. He still does. I would text from him a lot during the UNC game. Almost nothing last night. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's telling, right? Now, again, in the first segment, if you missed any part of it, go back to the podcast center, ESPNLouisville.com. It's not, it's, not it's not a rivalry anymore. I mean, people just they treat it as a celebration day. You don't fill the Yum Center like that because you don't expect to win. Look at the football stadium this year. There wasn't an expectation to win that game. It was, it was, I think for a lot of Kentucky fans, it was a 50-50, 60-40 kind of game, whatever. And they didn't fill half that football stadium. They fill Kroger Field every damn weekend. But they showed up at the Yum Center last night because they expected to win. And that's where we are in the round bar. It just, it, just, it just are. And I do wonder if, if there's just a generational difference between who wants the rivalry to be in good hands and not. But I understand the sentiment. I do. Taxer, following the uh, this, uh, Florida State meeting, it seems like their argument is it costs way too much for us to leave the ACC. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Uh, someone brought up the option of going to, to private equity or something to get the money in advance. <laughs> to get out of the ACC. And essentially, that's just uh, that's just what they would have to do. Texter, how can Kenny still smile and our cards get dusted on our own court by 20 to UK? This makes me so mad in his press conference this week. Uh, again, not going to tell you how to feel, but that one I definitely understand. Texter, Louie, I don't know why, but I keep expecting KP, excuse me. I keep expecting KP to break out with the Barbie song. <laughs> I'm just Kenny to explain everything. <laughs> fantastic texter last i checked scotty has a losing record and that's why he doesn't talk about the tournament anymore uh no thanks to scotty we've already hired one guy that's not qualified we don't need to do it again again i thought scott in that second chair would have been great i really do but that time has come and gone it really is uh texter is scotty d on the list in march maybe maybe to close out the season maybe i don't know uh texter every time scotty's name comes up i think the same thing he's already got a job at bellerman why would he want the job his son doug is ready to take over at bellerman and a million bucks could get him I, no i know i, I the, the the contrary thoughts there, I get it. Uh, texture, let's just talk early pick four at Gulfstream. Texture, imagine a Michigan State fan, a Michigan fan saying they want Ohio State to be good or a Bama fan saying they want Auburn to be good. I had, a, I had this come up a couple years ago. Obviously, we're, we're, with where I grew up, the Big Ten stuff is, is, you know, my friends talk about it, for example. And a couple of years ago, Herb Street made a comment like, no one wants Michigan to be good as much as I do. And I remember thinking, what a what an unnecessary slap in the face to Michigan fans that you didn't have to do. I understand what he's trying to say, that he wants the rivalry to be good because he thinks, like so many people in that rivalry, that it's the greatest thing that God has ever created. <laughs> it's Ohio State, Michigan, right? But what a slap to people that that live, breathe, spend all of their extra money, their weekends, their Saturdays, what have you caring about Michigan football and then you just roll along from your TV tower in Nashville and say, oh yeah, no, no, it's me that wants them to be there. No, no, don't do that. You don't have to do that. And so I, that that thing, like, I, I very understand, I really understand the um, <laughs> Florida State University presented by Hilliard Lions. <laughs> it's a good text. I understand the, the, the sentiments of the texture. Texture, uh, Louie, on a lighter note, I love your show because it starts on time and not 10 minutes late. Hey, look, my dad told me. He was very fervent about this. Louis, you're not a good-looking guy, but at least you can show up on time. And I think he's right. I think he's right. Uh, Texter Jay Williams ripping the fans uh, for letting Kentucky fans fill the yum at halftime last night and still doing uh, today on ESPN. Do you think he's right? I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I am... Uh, 
I think there are lots of ways to vote. There are lots of ways to vote. And a lot of times in American culture, the best way for you to vote is with your money. And if you go to a restaurant a lot, for example, and then you have a bad experience there and you stop going, that's voting with your money, right? If you are a fan of L and you are not happy with how the basketball team is doing, then you don't go. They don't make any money from you watching the game on television. They don't. Those deals are done. Uh, whether you tune in or not does not change the bottom line for them. And, you know, a couple weeks ago when Taylor Lynch has a show and three people call in, three, that's voting. That's people voting with their time and refusing to give the program time. So, no, I do not agree with Jay Williams on that. And also, by the way, if you're such a diehard at UofL that you bought season tickets to this team, you don't owe anyone a thing to sell your tickets and recoup some of that money. You don't owe anyone anything. That's that's what I would say to Jay. Uh, Texter, Louisville is uh, for Kentucky what DePaul used to be for Louisville. It's Louisville Day. I, I wish that weren't true, but you are correct. Uh, Texter, you're not going to coach this team uh, to the avocados. Uh, Texter, uh, I gave uh, KP my Zen Buddha spirit 21 months ago, and he traded it to Cal for a box of cats and logoed golf balls. <laughs> Shaking my head. Oh, man, come on. Uh, Texter, when UK beat Tennessee 34-6 to a couple years ago, uh, how many fans said, I want Tennessee to be good? Uh, no, I, I, I know. I hear you. I hear you. Um, getting a text from James Black. You can just jump on air, man, if you want to tell me what's going on. Um, oh, okay, cool. All right. Uh, Nice reminder from James. I appreciate him doing. I don't want to cuss on air, so no, don't don't cuss. That's good. Uh, we do have a <laughs> we have a dearth of producers today. So Chase and uh, James running around making sure we got sound and all those other things. First hour of our show, though, presented by Kentucky Tourism and KentuckyTourism.com. As the weather gets colder, check them out for dining, for concerts, for those indoor activities around the state. A real great option for you uh, as we get into the holiday season. Make sure you check them out, KentuckyTourism.com. On the other end, we'll talk to Kevin Kilroy. He's from the fairgrounds in New Orleans, ahead of some derby preps uh, in the Gunrunner. Tomorrow, we'll do that next here at ESPN 680-1057. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com slash ortho to find a Baptist health provider. You are listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. All right, welcome back in. Final segment here on a Friday in the 10 o'clock hour. Louis Rabot hanging out with you. Got you till noon. Bobby V after me. Roundtable. They'll have the mixtape for you at 530. We'll go local until 6 o'clock today. Reminder, Bellarmine is out in Utah. They're playing 
Brigham Young tonight, pregame at 845. First tip is at 9 here on your home for Bellarmine Basketball, ESPN 680-1057. Also want to thank George and the Baranos team dropping off lunch at the ESPN Louisville studio. Uh, look, man, last weekend uh, of Baranos by the bridge, 26 and a half years at 2nd and Main. They are relocating. Final day is tomorrow, Saturday, uh, December 23rd, if you ever wanted to walk that one last time uh, down into the lower level there, uh, downtown at 2nd and Main. Uh, your last chance is tomorrow, last two days to enjoy uh, the bridge location before they move to market. Uh, the family reunion is tonight, 6 to 10. If you've ever worked for Bear Nose, you are welcome back there. Uh, look, uh, they're just the best. Uh, yeah, it's that good. Bear Nose Pizza, go check them out at any of their area locations, 46 years in Louisville, uh, we bring in Kevin Kilroy from the fairgrounds in New Orleans. Uh, Kevin, you're a KC guy, but you've uh, traveled many places uh, for horse racing, different things. Is there a town with underrated pizza in your mind, and why is it not Louisville? Um, my house is underrated for pizza. There I it is. the best pizza Let's go. in the country. No, no joke. <laughs> no joke. Cracker thin. Nice. Um, I, you know, have a sourdough starter that I started making back in COVID when you couldn't find yeast to make your own, make your own bread. I had to make my own and, uh, it's got a nice little sourness to it. It's, it's unbelievable. Louis. So, uh, you know, Kansas city, I guess has got the underrated pizza, but Chicago, I mean, Chicago tavern yeah. style pizza yeah, is, awesome. uh, it's, it, it's underrated. I mean, it's yeah. not the deep dish there by any means. In Louisville, I've had. Okay, decent pizza, but nothing that's impressed me much. There you go. All right, Kevin Kilroy hanging out with us here. Uh, you can find him at Trust Your Luck on Twitter. He's down there. He'll be on the track feed. Uh, the entire meet there at uh, at Fairgrounds. Uh, getting into the meat of the schedule now, Kevin. Uh, it seems like uh, hit holiday season and it gets serious at the Fairgrounds. Uh, you've got the Untappable, the Oaks Prep, and then you've got the Gun Runner. But how many stakes are there on the card tomorrow? We got eight stakes tomorrow. Eight wow. stakes, and we got one today. We got the Broussard today, which yep. has got Hidden Connection. Facing the Alice look and Scratch Cat, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good one. So that's race race seven today. You got to tune in for that. But yeah, eight on on that big day. And man, you're right. This is this is when things really take up for us. You know, I mean, the road to the Derby has been serious through fairgrounds um, over the past five years. You know, and um, it's uh, it, it's fun. You know, all the sort of excitement starts to sort of per- percolate, and uh, um, it's amazing to be able to you know I get out here and watch them in the morning and to to, to tap into that and uh, get a feel for all these uh, all these two year olds turning three. It's fun. Uh, one personal question, then we'll get into horses. It was uh, track announcer John Dooley's birthday the other day. How is your liver? <laughs> You know, I felt bad. I didn't, I didn't go get any drinks last night. I didn't get any drinks oh, no. last night. I, uh, I know. I was just, just, just handicapping, you know, just have my uh, my nose in the books and being a good yeah. student. So uh, go. didn't yeah. miss that, but I'm, I'm sure his liver is hurting. How's the how's the scene down there? And Kevin Kilroy is with us from Fairgrounds in New Orleans ahead of the, uh, the Gunrunner Stakes at Derby Prep tomorrow. Uh, you know, there was a lot made last year, not this year, but last year of the turf course down in New Orleans, a lot of the drought, the salt water, et cetera. Uh, seems to be in a better spot this year. How's the track in general down there, Fairgrounds? Oh, it's great. It's great. The turf course um, has just been playing fantastic. Very, very fair. Um, especially this past uh, this past week, um, and it just it just been taking taking the hoofs fantastic and, and bouncing <laughs> back and, and not 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 worse for wear. So they 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 did they did great. It looks awesome. The jocks are all just saying you know glowing things about it. So um, everybody's very, very excited. And you can see it in the fields. You know, we're getting, getting overdrawn fields and uh, really fantastic handicap and handy, races to handicap. So um, it's great. And the, the dirt course has been a little bit interesting in terms of um, 
whether it's playing, whether it's playing fair, whether it's playing to speed, um, seemed like yesterday it turned back to be having a little bit of a deep rail, and uh, the closers were getting it done down the center of the track. So it's always just kind of kind of streaks and different trends, and it's something that to pay attention to because it does it does kind of lock in in the way that it's playing. Kevin Kilroy with us at Trust Your Luck on Twitter. Last year, a horse named Pretty Mischievous uh, won a race called the Untappable. You will be running the Untappable in race nine tomorrow at a mile and seventy yards there at. Uh, fairgrounds if there is a pretty mischievous in this group who do you think it is oh man because i I think there are four phillies in this race that people have very high opinions of yeah i mean i I can see any of these horses getting it done any any six of these phillies um i I would say you know legadama is is the one that just sort of maybe has that uh um that potential we got one race you know talking to phil bauer though it's definitely they're very excited about about this arrogate philly um so maybe her but um alpine princess has been looking great in the morning she really has she she moves she moves uh, very well um she, she'll have to take a step forward and i think she's she's primed to do it um those two are the ones that uh you know i mean west omaha as well so you know i think those, those, maybe those three Sina chapel seems in terms of mcpeak uh, Philly's the one that uh, I favor a little bit more. Um, so maybe take a second look at her. She's definitely had some ex- excuses. But, you know, in terms of just, uh, you know, it's so early, right, to, to be able to get it done. I haven't heard the same sort of buzz like I was hearing about Pretty Mischievous um, last okay. year this time. Um, but though Intricate is here. She, she's here, and she's going to be pointing to the Rachel Alexander, Brendan Walsh's Philly, who won the uh, um, the Golden Rod. So maybe maybe that's the, the Pretty Mischievous we're looking for. Is there anything to read into Kenny McPeak, the trainer, having Hernandez Jr. or having Brian Hernandez on Band of Gold, the two at longer odds than on Sestina Chapel with Corey Lennery. Anything to read into there, or is it just how it, how that worked out? I, I try I try to read into that stuff. I try to I try sure. to do it. And, um, uh, you know, like talking to him, I think it was the Sestina Chapel uh, extremely gruntled. Turns out, <laughs> the, you know, um, the uh, extremely gruntled owners – like having BJ up, and so they, they requested that. And they would, so sometimes it's just an owner thing, and I don't, I don't know. You know, I was just talking to Francisco in the barn, and I didn't ask him about the, about the riders there. So I, I don't think so. I don't think so. But um, but Band of Gold was really ran down a, a nice, loose front runner last time. So I think, um, you know, getting a little more distance should be fine. It should step forward, although, the, you know, the number came back a little bit slow there. Kevin Kilroy with us at Trust Your Luck. He'll be on the track feed there at fairgrounds rest of the meet but of course for tomorrow for the derby and oaks preps the derby prep is the 12th race tomorrow by the way the ninth race does start the late pick four uh down there tomorrow in the untappable uh the the card will close with the 12th race eight horses entered for the gun runner mile and 16th uh for two-year-olds open company here points on the line for uh the kentucky derby um look nash is in this race and um i have nash in my personal five horses to watch for the derby trail at this point seems to have done um, the thing that we want in modern derby winners, which is, uh, you know, they try him at six furlongs in October at Keeneland. Uh, you know, he runs well enough, uh, runs a second under under Flavian Pratt, gets uh, Florent Giroux for two turns for the first time and just absolutely seems to love it at Churchill. By the way, that day, not the favorite. I had forgotten that. Wasn't the favorite that day. Uh, two short uh, price horses in that race. Is this Nash and everybody else, or do you think there's someone else that can absolutely make this a race? I think Track Phantom um, can 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 uh, give him a race for sure. I think he's he's the one of the, the Asperson, uh runners that uh, that has the most promise. Uh, you know, I think you know I, I try to keep in mind that Steve 
you know, Brad does too, right? But I mean, this isn't the angle, right? You know, you want to get points here, but they're, they're both, um, the angle is the Derby. So, um, is track phantom going to be, you know, fully cranked in here? I'm not, I'm not, not so sure. And are they both forward runners and have, have, have one on, you know, on the lead and another bus running on the lead and that could, could create some issues, you know, in terms of the knocking heads. Yeah. But I think track phantom's the other one in here who, um, um, we'll keep on hearing about um, over the winter. Um, you know, Nash, you know, talking to, to Brad, he, he won wire-to-wire last time, but he sees in the morning that this guy just has more gears, right? He, do, he doesn't, not just a one-dimensional horse, and we, we haven't seen it all. Um, I definitely had that track as, as a forward bias that day, you know, November 12th at Churchill, and, you know, so that winning by 10 and a quarter lengths in the number, you know, I think is, is a little bit, a little bit higher than maybe uh, the reality of the race was, but so what, I mean, I think that's even a better scenario. You don't want a horse to, uh, to, to freak too much and not be able to, to, to re- recover from that race. So I think that gives me even more confidence in the fact that, uh, that Nash is uh, going to get it done in here, but the track phantom is interesting. If the price got, got a little bit above uh, three to one, you know, seven to two, I think uh, Track Phantom might might take some some win money from me, but um, I do think it's Nash's race to lose. The race uh, the races before that is part of that late sequence, and Kevin Kilroy with us from Fairgrounds in New Orleans. Um, you know, this for example, the 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 Deliberto Memorial in race ten uh, seems to be pretty open. Two Emmys is going to get the nod there uh, coming out of the Fairgrounds uh, in February. Huge layoff though coming in as the favorite. Um, you know, is this a, the kind of race? Are you going to be spreading around looking for some value, or do you think he's he's the horse to be here? So, uh, two Emmys has got a little bit of a long story. I'll make it sh- make it short. But um, Hugh was telling me that you know he was in the Muniz to try to to repeat winning there, and um, he just just stepped on something on the track mm-hmm. and just kind of showed a little limp, so he got scratched. Yep. And he came back to the barn. He was completely sound. Um, he, he turned him out a little bit and uh, brought him back. And since he was on the the, the high list with uh, with that you know happening, um, he got checked after working out at Hawthorne preparing for a race, and um, he tied up. And so he had to you know turn him out again. And um, he's back. He's doing great. He drew poorly, far outside spot. He's got law professor on his outside. He should you know be looking for the lead. I think. And um, he might need this one. He might need this one. So I'm, gonna, I'm not, I'm not going to not going to play two Emmys. Um, I am going to play uh, Rising Empire. I think that's my strongest opinion in here. Brendan Walsh's five-year-old horse who loves it down here should step forward after that last race. Um, looks super impressive. You know, looks like he's just even a little bit more uh, filled out, carrying weight really well, and um, you know uh, should be should be forward, but doesn't need the lead. Um, yeah, you know, I think we'll see um, you know an interesting another maker horse older you know new to his barn and street ready and mm. uh, he could he could shock but not shock you know as these uh, these new additions to maker's horse maker's barn you know who are older do so I think you, you want to take a look at that one talking to Michelle today English Tavern just really didn't mm. like the synthetic she she thought she'd try it since she was still up in Kentucky with uh, the number six and just didn't like it so um, you know I think you can excuse that that one. Uh, Johnny's Fireball, owned by uh, you know a lot of people, but Brilliant Race is a, a part of that ownership. And and all the word I hear is he's just training fantastically, mm-hmm. fantastically. So um, he could be interesting. I'm going to try to beat him though. Don't tell Joe K. Um, that that's the case. But Rising Empire is is my uh, is my top pick um, in here. I don't think we'll see Happy American in there. Um, Harlan Estate, I love um, coming off of it. Could be interesting. So those two. 
most of all, the law professors seem sneaky too. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can go, but, but Harlan Estate and Rising Empire are my top two in a, in a seemingly wide open race. It's going to be a fun one uh, down there tomorrow with all the stakes. That late sequence to me is just a fascinating one. Before you go, Kevin, I wanted to get mushy for a moment if I can. So uh, I have gotten to know Kevin a lot this last year and did a bunch of work with Kevin. Uh, our we, we had some nice growth on the podcast this past year. But our number one episode every year is when we go to Chef's Cut and we do our derby seminar. And Kevin works – I want people to understand. Kevin works on the notes team for the Kentucky Derby, which means – Kevin, what time do you get up in the morning on average around the Kentucky Derby? Uh, 4, 4 a.m. Okay. So Kevin comes out with us <laughs> to do a show at 8 p.m. across town from where he's staying just to do the show. Kevin, that was easily our most popular episode this year uh, and helped us boost our numbers around Derby. So I wanted to thank you for that making the trip to Breeders' Cup with us, hanging out with us at First Gen, doing some stuff there. Uh, you were an awesome, awesome part of the show. I mean, the Derby Draft Cripes, another big uh, episode for us. Uh, all those things, and I just wanted to say thank you, and I hope you have a great rest of the meet at, at Fairgrounds, and I'm sure you won't be a stranger uh, on this platform either. Hey, man, if you keep on hosting kick-ass events on going to pizza parlors and talking about horses, I'll be there every time, man. That's, that's all you. That's just a genius idea, man, but I appreciate you saying that. Um, I love it, man. Love, love this stuff. So uh, don't mind burning the candle at both ends uh, to make it all happen. Um, but, yeah, you know, happy holidays to you and your family, man. I hope you guys have a great Christmas. I'll be heading home uh, Sunday morning awesome. nice and early. Good. And uh, we'll be able to, uh, to celebrate with my family. We'll be back for a couple weeks. So that will be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Well, good. He's Kevin Kilroy at Trust Your Luck on Twitter. Go find his stuff there. Kevin, good luck tomorrow. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Luke. All right. Well, Merry Christmas to Kevin Kilroy. How about that? I can't believe how many people watch our silly episode, James, from from Chef's Cut Pizza, standing behind the counter. <laughs> this year we had a we had a deal with Kia because uh, Forte was supposed to run at the Derby, so we wore Forte hats in that. Uh, so poor Kevin standing in the middle of us; he's shorter than both of us, and we've got these giant Forte hats on as well. First hour of our show was presented by Kentucky Tourism and KentuckyTourism.com. Uh, so reminders of programming around here. Uh, as well, we will have that Bellarmine Brigham Young game tonight out there in Utah in Provo, 845 pregame, 9 o'clock tip here on ESPN 680-1057. Ravens back at it in the game of the week, Monday night, taking on the 49ers, pregame 745, kickoff 815. That's over on 93.9, presented by our friends at Liquor Barn, where Kentuckians go to celebrate life. We'll get back into the KP stuff on the other end. We'll do it here on ESPN 680-1057.